But no, so we've been through a lot together. We've been through breakups and marriages and love and babies and all the good stuff. We've been through it all. And now this. And I think this is like one of the hardest things. <laughs> this has been like rocking us for a while now. Yeah. And this is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Welcome to This is Perimenopause, the podcast where we delve into the transformative journey of perimenopause and beyond. I'm one of your hosts, Mikkel. And I'm your other host, Michelle. And together, along with about a billion other people on this planet, we're embarking on this milestone of life. We personally struggled for years with perimenopause symptoms, and it took us a while to figure out what was happening. Even now, there are some days that are still a struggle. We know firsthand how confusing, overwhelming, and downright scary this phase of life can be. So we're on a mission to help others be better informed than we were when we started our journeys. Our podcast is a blend of health, education, mindset, and personal growth. We're sharing real-life stories and expert advice to help you navigate this journey and advocate for your best health. Because this stage in our life is an incredible opportunity. We used to think menopause signaled an end, but really, it's just the beginning. This podcast is for general information only. It's designed to educate, inspire, and support you on your personal journey through perimenopause. The information and opinions on this podcast are not intended to be a substitution for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. The information on this podcast does not replace professional healthcare advice. The use of the information discussed is at the sole discretion of the listener. If you are suffering from symptoms or have questions, please consult a qualified healthcare practitioner. Hi, Michelle. Hey, Mikkel. How's it going? Good. Can you believe that we're finally recording this podcast, Mick? No, I can't believe we actually got the microphones and headphones and everything to work. And that we're doing a podcast. Yay us. And that we're doing a podcast. Yeah, it's exciting. (laughs) Because it's super exciting. And we've been told um, over and over again that people need to get to know us. And so I think that this is great way for them to get to know us. It's going to be crazy, but look out. <laughs> look out. Here we come. But it'll be fun. Yeah, it will be fun. It will be fun. I uh, can't believe that we're here. We've been at this. We've been at this for a while. In earnest, I'd say almost a year. Yeah. But we've been doing it for probably a year and a half before that. Yeah. Right now we're doing a publishing site called this is perimenopause.com, the same name as our podcast. And the idea here is that we really, really had a hard time with perimenopause and we didn't even know we were having a hard time with perimenopause. We just knew that life sucked and we couldn't figure out what was happening. There was a lot happening. And so chatting, 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 commiserating, and finally realizing that this, I think, Mikkel, I think you figured it out first that we were in perimenopause. I couldn't imagine going through this without you. And I think talking to other people realize not everybody has a Michelle or a Mikkel. And, you know, what could we do to help people through this phase of life, which can be exciting and adventurous and interesting and a time of discovery and doesn't have to be a big struggle. So we thought, what could we do to help people realize, one, they're not alone, and two, that they 
have a great opportunity, but they just need some information and some resources and some know-how on how to navigate what's going on. Not everybody is symptomatic, but for those of us who are, oh my God, it can be brutal. And and three, no one is coming to help us. Like still, you know, things are getting better. And a few months ago, everyone was saying, oh, menopause is having its moment. And, and I think that that's valid. There is a changing narrative. There are more people coming to the table, sharing their stories, talking about this. But sadly, we're still nowhere near answers. And people come into this blindsided and have no idea what's going on and why they don't feel like themselves anymore. And it sucks. So it does suck. So that's how this is perimenopause was born out of this need to uh, help ourselves, but also hopefully help a few other people figure things out a lot sooner than we did. And, you know, for those of us struggling who don't have their bestie in the same boat that can commiserate and share and help move things in the right direction, uh, this is perimenopause is for you. So what we're going to be doing on this podcast is we're going to be sharing our stories. We're going to be interviewing a lot of really amazing guests and getting their stories, but also learning a little bit more about perimenopause. Uh, Before we go there, though, we thought that it was important that you guys get a chance to get to know us. And so what we're doing today is that instead of interviewing a guest, we're being interviewed by our fabulous producer, Amy. Um, and, uh, yeah, we love her applause. Um, and so she's going to be introducing us just to give you a little bit more information about who we are and what we're doing and why, why, oh, why we're doing this. Amy. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm excited to grow and support the, this is perimenopause podcast. I usually work in the background of a podcast. So asking the questions is new for me but I'm excited to have this conversation. So let's get started. Welcome to the very first episode of the This is Perimenopause podcast. Woo-hoo. How does it feel to finally be recording? Uh, a little surreal. Amazing, scary, weird, because I listen to podcasts 24-7. Like if you ever talk to me, I'll be like, uh, so I listen to this podcast. It drives me crazy, I'm sure. And now to be on this side of the microphone, it's pretty cool and scary. What's the last one you listened to, Michelle? I'm listening to AI podcasts right now because I want to know what the hell's going on. (laughs) Don't we all? Michelle, earlier you gave us a brief overview of what This is Perimenopause is. Why don't you and Michelle tell us a little bit about why you started it and why you want to do the podcast? Yeah, so uh, we were struggling. We knew we were in perimenopause. And once we figured out we were in perimenopause, we were uh, shocked and disheartened by how little support we could find. And we were actively searching it out. And we thought, my God, we can't be the only people feeling this way, dealing with this. So why don't we do something about it and um, start putting out some information? And I think not just information, but um, putting it out there that this is what can happen and you're not alone. Because I think perimenopause, if you're struggling and symptomatic, can be very isolating um, and that can really take a toll. So um, we decided to start um, 
with a blog post and that came out of, uh, we were very fortunate to get into uh, the AC studio uh, program at the accelerator center in Waterloo, Ontario. And we've been getting some incredible advice and support. We were advised to start publishing online. So that's what we've been doing. We've been sharing our stories. We've been putting out information and also just spending some time trying to find uh, exactly what our voice is and, and how best to um, reach people. And, and support people and provide them with the information that we they need. And uh, that's how we ended up uh, here with you today. Mikkel, that sounds like a fantastic journey. Now, you just said a lot of words that I know a little bit about, but there is a lot of terminology out there. Could you maybe take a minute and explain to me the difference between perimenopause, menopause, and menopause and postmenopause? Yeah, it's uh, it's super confusing, and um, it's confusing because um, menopause is often described or used to describe the entire transition. But menopause is probably a great place to start because the definition is actually just one day. So it's the last day of your final menstrual period, which you don't know has happened until you've gone twelve months or a full year without having a period. So it's diagnosed after the fact, <laughs> um, and. It kind of speaks to some of the challenges in uh, female health, if you will, in general, um, or health for people who were born with ovaries in general, which is that it's really been neglected. And the fact that there is no test, there is no way to determine this other than to wait until it happens <laughs> a year after it's happened and then say, hey, you're in, perimenop or in menopause. Sorry. So that is menopause. Perimenopause is the time leading up to that day, which is your final menstrual period, and that's when your hormones start fluctuating. It is often thought to be a couple of years, maybe a year before your final menstrual period. It can last on average between four to 10 years, sometimes more. It can start as early as age 35, which is shocking to most people. Um, and it can come with so many symptoms, right? People think of menopause in general, and they think of hot flashes and night sweats and maybe some crying. And there are 30 plus recognized symptoms and they're all over the map. They can be quite significant and they can start happening anytime sort of from 35 on. So that's perimenopause. It's the time leading up to, and your hormones are doing all kinds of crazy things to get to that final menstrual period. And then postmenopause is everything for the rest of your life after you've had your final menstrual period. And I think it's something that most people don't think about, but those are potentially a lot of years thinking I'll just grin and bear it. I'll just, you know, get through it, bear down and get through it. Probably not the best idea given how long it can go on for and how symptomatic you can be. That's a very helpful description. And I, I agree, Mikkel. I think that the last couple of generations are going to, live longer and um, the amount of years in postmenopause is going to grow exponentially. So I'm really glad that the two of you are doing this podcast and putting all the information on the website for the rest of us to learn about. So now let's go back to the beginning because I actually don't even know this story. How do the two of you know each other? We were on the same floor in uh, residence at university. So we met day one at Wilfrid Laurier. Woo -woo. And uh, that was like 30 mm -hmm. years ago, Mikkel. Is that true? <laughs> I think we were, yeah, we were 20. Oh my God. Yeah. 
more oh than 30. Okay, so we we're old. We weren't even. 31 years ago? We were like, yeah, 31 years ago. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that, though. It's so awesome to hear that you're friends with the person you met on the first day of university. Yeah, you know what? And I think we're friends with, like, a lot of our closest friends are the people we met the first day of university, yeah. I yeah. would say. I mean, we we have different friend circles as well. But um, I think, like, my tight girls are the first day of university. Yeah. But no, so we've been through a lot together. We've been through breakups and marriages and love and babies and all the good stuff. We've been through it all. And now this. And I think this is like one of the hardest things. <laughs> this has been like rocking us for a while now. Yeah. And this is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. This is my next question. Uh, Michelle, what has changed and what has stayed the same about Macau? Um, since university through to today? Oh, wow. Um, she's always been way funnier <laughs> than me. Just ask Yelena. Um, but she's just always been a level-headed, like she's, she, she's fun. Don't get like, but she's level-headed and she is to the point and she's kind and smart. And she just, that has never changed. And she's always been like, the person you go to when you really want to get some like sound advice and no bullshit, like tell it like it is. Yeah. She's just that person. She's honest in a kind way though. Like she never hurts your feelings. Well, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. That's very kind. Thank you. And Mikel? When I describe Michelle, um, my go-to is always, you could drop her into any situation, anywhere on the planet, and in a very short period of time, she will be friends with everyone in the room, and she will be completely comfortable at ease. She will make everybody else completely comfortable at ease, and she will be the life of the party. Until 9 o'clock. Until, <laughs> until 9 o'clock when she has to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Wait, well, and the joke is, um, the joke is, is... When I've dropped her into a new room of people or when anybody has and someone will come over to her, to me or her life partner and say, oh my God, she is so much fun. And that, and we're like, oh yeah, enjoy, you've got about 15 more minutes to enjoy her because she's about to shut it down. <laughs> that is the same. That is the same. So that, that is, uh, that is, that is my best definition of Michelle. It's not the only definition of Michelle, but it's the best definition of Michelle. And, um, back at you, she's my person, right? If, when shit gets hard, which it does in life, <laughs> um, she's who I call or text or, you know, fly to sit on her couch. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah. Everyone needs someone like that in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'd like to go back to, um, Mikhail, you referenced earlier the AC Center in Waterloo. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us just a little bit about what it is and what the program you're involved with is all about? Um, yeah, so the Accelerator Center is a tech incubator, um, and it's ranked one of the best in the world, and I'm not going to even attempt to uh, state uh, how that is or why that is, but it is if you Google it. Um, and they have a, I think it's a new program 
that was launched when we got in. Is that right, Michelle? Yes, this is the first Called year. AC Studio. Yeah. yeah, this is yeah. And so we've uh, we just we we got accepted in this to the second phase, which is really exciting um, on May first. And um, what they provide is it comes with some uh, non-dilutive funding, which is really spectacular and not that common. But perhaps more importantly, it comes with some exceptional talent and advice in terms of mentorship. There's all of these great um, resources and funding and um, support in different ways from a financial perspective that have been invaluable. And um, they really set us on the trajectory that we're on now. When we started, we were building an app, like kind of like, oh yeah, we want it. This is how we'll solve this. And I think that there is still great value to that app and and it's still, you know, down the road in the future. But I think that path that we've been sort of led down is a really exciting and really feels like a good fit. And I think that there's a lot of potential here to help us bootstrap for a while longer. Wow. That sounds like such a great program. Um, I really think, though, that it's important to pause right here for a moment and acknowledge that you are women founders in the startup space, which comes with its own set of challenges. And we're old, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Like really old. Well, let's just say just not right out of university. (laughs) We're just mature. So as women founders in the startup space... What has it been like and what has been your biggest challenge so far? I think it's, um, I'll speak for myself, but it's intimidating um, because we are old. We're not, we're not tech engineers. We went to Laurier, not University of Waterloo, which is the tech school, right? And we're not tech engineers and we're older, we're we're female. um, And I think... um, it, it can be intimidating, uh, for sure. What I would say, though, that this experience has taught a lesson, again, that I still seem to be reluctant to learn, is that everybody at their core really doesn't know what they're doing. And everybody has their weak points and their fears and their challenges. And um, what this program has helped me with a lot just personally is, oh no, wait a minute, I do have something to contribute and I do have something of value to offer. And yeah, I'm not supposed to know everything. I think one of the other challenges too, is that we're both in perimenopause (laughs) and some of the symptoms, like I'm not just, not to just bring it all back, but some of the symptoms around perimenopause are real and they impact women in, in all facets of their life, including work. So the brain fog and the lack of motivation and the, um, depression. some of the depression, like some of the anxiety, like there's a whole whack load of, um, symptoms that hit us during this time period. And that's the reason that women and, and more and more, um, survey studies are being done and more and more literature is coming out right now, but there's women leaving the workforce, the workforce in droves because of perimenopause and menopause. Yeah, I think, um, and it's not even so much that women are necessarily leaving either. I mean, there are women who have, we know women who have left their jobs specifically because of perimenopause, and they maybe didn't realize it at the time, but they know now or vice versa. But also a lot of women who don't go for that promotion or who get passed over because they've been absent a lot or because they no longer kill it in presentations that they used to be able to do in their sleep. There's a huge untold story here of the impact um, so yes, it is challenging. Um, 
but luckily, uh, not just the mentors, but the, the cohort that we're in, um, they're all very kind and generous and the younger ones help us old ones. <laughs> well, I think you guys are doing a great job and I personally love hearing um, successful women startup stories. Um, but Michelle, I'm really glad that you actually brought it back around to perimenopause um, because now that we know a little bit about you and a little bit about how This Is Perimenopause got started, would you be able to tell us more about how the This Is Perimenopause website and the podcast will help women? Well, I think Mikkel touched on at the beginning that a lot of people go through this journey feeling really alone. And we go to our doctors and oftentimes we're dismissed and we're made to feel like a little bit crazy and definitely misunderstood. And it's, it's um, challenging, difficult, hor- horrendous that this is happening. And so what we're hoping to do is we're, we're not doctors. We're not, you know, we don't, we don't have any degree, any degrees. That's hence, uh, hence our disclaimer at the beginning. This is not medical advice, but I think that there's some value and some beauty in, in our stories and in the people that we're bringing on in their stories and just hearing that other people are going through just that whole me too. Hey, I'm here too. I, oh my gosh, you too. I think that there's, um, comfort and support in that. And, and we just want people to feel supported and, and better understand what's happening to them and better understood. Well, having a place where you can feel heard and understood is always helpful. Now that we've established that we're not doctors, and this isn't technically medical advice, can you tell us a little more specifically, if we went to the website, what kind of information would we find that would be interesting, helpful, and relatable? So you'll find uh, a lot about our personal stories and what has happened to us in perimenopause um, and what we did to overcome and the solutions we found and the help we eventually found. You'll find some experts, you know, um, I interviewed my pharmacist as an example, which is something most people don't think about in, if they think about having a care team, right? They think they have a doctor, maybe they have a physiotherapist or, you know, that kind of thing, but a really great pharmacist, very underutilized. And some of them are, you know, lifestyle blogs that have to do with, oh my God, I, Michelle wrote a great one. I was on vacation and I feel disgusting. And how do I deal with this? And she writes about what she did and, and what was helpful and what wasn't. And so it's, it's a little bit of everything because it can easily become very overwhelming if you're in it and you're trying to decipher all of this medical stuff. So um, we're, trying to approach it as a conversation with your best friend. Well, even though you're not doctors, you know lots of doctors and healthcare professionals, right? Yes. So really, you're curating all of this information for us into one place. Because you're right, searching can be very overwhelming. Yeah. So having expert advice, as well as relatable life stories together in one place... Sounds like it would be something that is very valuable. We think so. (laughs) So could you both tell us a little bit about your perimenopause story? Well, that could take 
a whole other episode or 10. So maybe just a snippet. (laughs) Yeah. I think it it sparked for me when Michelle was answering a previous question about, you know, why we're doing this and, and what the site is about. And I think looking back now, I was in perimenopause for many years before I realized what was going on. So um, there were a lot of strange things going on that I attributed to postpartum. I had kids later in life. Um, and then looking back, it probably wasn't just that because postpartum doesn't typically last as long as I thought it did, uh, as an example. And the big thing for me, uh, I was, I guess, probably about 42 years old. And I suddenly was waking up in the middle of the night, like at two in the morning and could not get back to sleep. It was, it wasn't just like groggy, kind of awake, go to the bathroom, get back to sleep. It was like, I'd been plugged into an electrical socket and I couldn't figure it out. I consulted a variety of health professionals who also could not figure out. And one of them actually ended up saying, well, maybe you just don't need much sleep anymore. (laughs) I wish, I wish, I wish that were true. Dear God, I wish that were true, but it's not. I'm a bag of hammers. I can't function. This is not tenable. I can't do this. Um, And I know now, I'm convinced now, because that's the other crazy thing. There really is no definitive way to determine any of this, but it's diagnosed based on symptoms. And we should say this, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, whatever you call it, this is not, it's not a disease. This is not a bad thing. It's something, unfortunately, that the world doesn't properly understand and that we have been left to just sort out for ourselves. And... um that's part of what we're trying to do is help people sort this out. But for me, I didn't know I was in perimenopause. I thought I was waking up in the middle of the night and not getting back to sleep because I couldn't handle the stress of the life that I had created. I thought I couldn't handle my job. And it would have been, I think, a different outcome for me. And I would have felt so much better at the time if I had thought, oh, I read about this. This can happen in perimenopause. It's not that I can't handle my life. It's that my hormones are going crazy and my estrogen in particular is probably spiking and dropping and spiking and dropping and it's causing me to have this sleep-wake pattern that is not good or healthy. Just knowing that would have been very significant in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And I struggled for years and thought I was broken or that I was the problem. Um, my story is I also had the sleep issues, which sleep is like the base, right? Like if we don't get sleep, nothing else is working. But for me, it also was compounded. I had this, like, I feel like I changed nothing in my life. Maybe I stopped working out a little bit, but I really didn't change all that much. And suddenly I was like 10, 12 pounds. Well, more, I, I've realized because I just did this body composition thing and it's a little bit higher than I thought, but, um, uh, that was super fun, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. I like that. that yeah. Was that was awesome. Yeah. Um, so seemingly overnight though, there was all this extra stuff on my body that was, it's depressing. You can't put on a pair of jeans. Like it's, it's, it's hard. And then also I had a lot of rage, like for me. And, the, and that's like the only word for it is pure rage. I wanted to break things. I wanted to throw things. I wanted to like, I just, but I like, I couldn't in my head, I was like, this isn't normal behavior for, for me, for anybody. Like, why am I 
behave, but I just couldn't stop it and I didn't want to stop it. And I wanted to, and so it's like, you feel like crazy. You feel insane. Yeah. Well, and I think we could have five more podcasts just talking about our respective symptoms because it seems that we've ticked all the symptom boxes along the way. Um, the last thing I will say, though, the, the rage, yes, the, the depression. I have, I've had anxiety throughout my life that I've learned to manage uh, through a variety of means. And um, I was hit with, I didn't know what it was. And it, it was, I felt depressed. I didn't, I, there, I would have days, not every day, but days throughout my cycle, I realized, having the benefit of digging into all of this, where I just, I I didn't want to do anything. I've never been like that a day in my life. And it was scary, some scary, dark thoughts. And that's something else that people don't know. And if you don't know, um, you know, where, where does that lead? Well, lonely and and arguably dangerous. (laughs) Well, for me, I recognize most of the physical symptoms that both of you talked about. But it seems like there's more to perimenopause than just the physical symptoms. Can you tell us a little bit more about the mental health side of it? And do you think it's something that is overlooked? Uh, Absolutely, it's, it's overlooked. I don't know anyone in this age and stage who doesn't suddenly have mental health behavior challenges, changes that they don't recognize and they don't understand. I think they are way more prevalent than what is um, indicated in the literature and in the studies that have been done. Um, We need way more studies. We need way more research, money, and information about this phase of life and what happens to the female body. But in particular, I think the mental health aspects, because I know there are uh, people who suffer significantly uh, from a mental health perspective. And I don't know the, the numbers, but I do know that during this period of our lives, um, women sort of over the age of 40, the, the rate of suicide is up and also the rate of divorce. And like, there's got to be a link, a correlation. And unfortunately, it just hasn't been, there hasn't been enough studies and more and more are starting to happen. But, you know, women, women's health in general wasn't even studied. Women weren't included in studies until the mid nineties, you know, like, so there's so much that we don't know. And hopefully soon we'll have some answers to some of these questions. Thank you for highlighting the mental health side of perimenopause. I think that was an important conversation to have. So we're coming to the end of our conversation And uh, before we go, I would just like to say that I am excited to go on this journey with you and as we bring guests on, hear their stories, and through those conversations, get to know both of you even better. You have wonderful stories and insights. You are fantastic guests, and I know you will be fabulous hosts. But before we finish, I have one last question for both of you. What is one thing you would like every woman in their mid-30s to late 50s to know about perimenopause? I think that it's not the end. I think that it has a bad rap and that, that we need to create a movement to have a paradigm shift because um, we were pretty miserable with a lot of these symptoms and 
you know, what we've discovered in all of this is this really is the best time. Like I, I wouldn't go back and be younger for anything in the world right now. It's, it's not the end. It's the beginning. And I think also you're not crazy. Like, (laughs) and, and sidebar, you're not crazy. (laughs) You're not crazy. The, like, like when you feel like someone has taken over your body and you don't, you don't even recognize yourself in the mirror and you have no idea what is going on. Like you're not crazy and you're not alone. We're, we're here. I guarantee every time we start the conversation, we say the word perimenopause. Now people, sometimes some people are like, Hmm, most people are like, Oh, Oh my God. And they've got a story. And I think we just need to start talking and sharing and celebrating. (laughs) I think we'll be doing lots of celebrating here on the podcast. But besides the podcast, where can people find the information from This is Perimenopause? Our website, as where you can read all of our blogs, is thisisperimenopause.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and kind of TikTok. And please, please, please follow us and like our stuff and share it because we need more people to know about what's going on and to understand that this is perimenopause is a real thing and that um, it's not the end, it's the beginning and that there's people here to support you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to rate and subscribe to our podcast. When you do this, it helps to raise our podcast profile so more women can find us and get a little better understanding of what to expect in perimenopause. We also read all the reviews, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to help us continuously improve our show. We would love to hear from you. You can connect with us through the podcast, on social media, or through our website. Our information as well as links and details from our conversation today can be found in the show notes. 